What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Bottom Line Podcast. Stay tuned into all of our new episodes and updates by following us on Instagram and Twitter at bottomline underscore pod. You can use the link in our Twitter and Instagram bio to find all the platforms our podcast is available on. Also, feel free to message us any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to discuss. If you love the show and want to take your support to the next level, the link in our Twitter and Instagram bio allows you to donate to the pod. All the money donated will be used to make the podcast bigger and better. Lastly, give our sponsor Always Up to Something a follow on Instagram at underscore always up to something underscore. And you can use promo code TBLPOD on always up to something dot store for 10% off any purchase. Once again, that's TBLPOD on always up to something dot store for 10% off any purchase. Uh, this is Hero the MC, and you are now listening to the Bottom Line Podcast. All right, welcome to episode 146 of the Bottom Line Podcast. It's been a while, but we're back. Um, I'm your host, Kyle, alongside me, my co-host, Steve. And we welcome on uh, Hero the MC, straight from Boston, my home city. Um, glad to have you on, man. Thank you. One, episode 146? Yes, sir. Damn. No, that's just like... That's commitment. I think I think anything that gets past ten is just like you guys really, and then a hundred is just it's just sticking with it, you know. Yeah, it, I gotta, it's. I gotta, I gotta quite, commend you for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been quite the journey, was it right? What year did we start it, Kyle? I think it was like 2019, something like that. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, the, we've, the winter. We've been pretty much doing like an episode a week for the past few years, so it's like. Um, it's just, you know, you got to not look at the results sometimes. You might get one or two views. We've had views that are crazy, you know. Every, every, uh, where, where me and Kyle, like, well, how the fuck did that happen? You know, like, we don't even know how. So you could just kind of stick with it. And uh, for me, it's like fucking therapy. I love to get on here and just shop it up and meet new people and, and, and get to know some people. Um, and then obviously, sitting with Kyle is pretty exciting. And yeah, like Kyle was saying before we get into, the interview uh we've had a little break but it's honestly partially my fault because i've been busier than ever and i'm so excited to start to like roll out some of the stuff and um and uh i guess hero if you don't know i own a clothing brand and uh and i'll hook you up with some stuff but uh we're making some big moves and we're looking at storefronts and we're looking at uh a couple, a couple big collabs coming up with some people that you'd think uh, that might shock you, but it's just like a big year for us, and right now, like real crunch time. So um, my apologies there, but uh, but let's get into it. Uh, Hero, what's up, man? Um, give us give us a little background of uh, of where you're from, kind of what was your upbringing, because I instantly get a vibe from you from looking at your page that I really love that I want to tap into. But uh, I kind of want to know what your background is a little bit, where you're from, blah, blah, blah. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, my name is Hero the MC. I'm 22 years of age. Um, and that is sometimes I feel old. Sometimes I feel very young. I don't know. I don't know how old you guys are. You guys look pretty. You guys look pretty good. Um, I look pretty but, good. Yeah, I'm 27. <laughs> you're how old? 27. That's good. You guys look good. Everyone I know is older than me. I don't know if that's weird. I don't know if you guys relate to that as well. Like when you were my age, like everyone's just older. Right. Um, yeah. But my name is here, the MC I'm 22 years of age. Um, and I am just kind of 
I'm from the city of Boston, and I'm just kind of very, very addicted to 90s style hip hop. To me, it is it is the best version of hip hop and maybe even music, period. Um, that's a bold statement. Maybe cut that out. Um, <laughs> no. But, I'll cut you off during your, during your background, but as I said before, there's something I want to pinpoint, and I said you're so fucking 90s, and I love it. So, so the fact that you said that is sick. Yeah, but but just like just like Guru said, um, it's it's the same formula. We just updated. So even though it's 2021, I still feel like my music is is not only lyrically relevant, but it's tapping into sounds that are not only 90, but but a touch of what's going on today. And yeah. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even dare say it's like a new school, old school hybrid because it's not. But it's it's I feel like I found a way to bring boom bap into into today's times. And um, how I got started and how how, it, how everything kind of fits together is, is my mom took me to a Gangstar show when I was really, and that kind of really set set in stone everything that it set it set in stone all the all the hip hop shit that I love and it, it just started right there. That's so sick. So that so so that was like the initial inspiration. Oh, do we we lost you for a sec? You here? Oh yeah, oh yeah, hands down. Oh okay. Yeah, um, yeah. You guys cut out for a little bit. No, you're good. You're back now. Yeah, you, we lost you for a second, but we're good. So yeah, that was like the initial inspiration for you, where uh, where um, that first show was really like, oh my god, this is it. Yeah, and even though I was I was young, it it um it just showed me like what kind of future this hip hop shit this hip hop shit could give me. And even and even back then, it wasn't it wasn't like I'm gonna be a rapper growing up and and even even being a teenager and going to high school and shit like that, it, I never really found that I was good at anything. I kind of was just kind of average at everything. And right. then I started, and then I started to write and I started to record and I was like, holy shit, like I'm actually pretty good at this. Right. Um, like I, I played, I played a lot of sports in high school, but it, in, in middle school and elementary school. And it was, but it was never something like I'm going to join the MLB. It was just kind of like, I'm, I'm a left fielder. Like it's okay. Right. <laughs> what, uh, so you kind of touched upon it a little bit, but um, I like to ask every first time guest on like what their like turning point was. It's like, when did it go from like, OK, I do a bunch of stuff and I write and stuff and I'm good at that. And then when did that turn into like, all right, now I'm going to take it way more seriously and maybe start to like follow it as a career path. There's um, there's a few turning points for me. And, and honestly, I think. I think every day is a turning point, not only to just make it better, but to start over and try again. Um, in 2016, I dropped an album called Roxbury, and um, it's basically 20 tracks that is all just DJ Premier beats, and it's kind of like a demo, a demo tape, if you will. But um, in my mind, I do consider that to be my first project, and and when I started writing that, um, I feel like that was was when I started to take it seriously. And then in 2019. Um, I realized that this shit's going nowhere. Um, so not only do I have to adapt to today's climate, by that I mean make social media accounts and get my stuff on everything and get a website and get merch. Because before that, like, I just had music on SoundCloud for three years. And, like, it was cool. But if you don't use SoundCloud, you're not going to hear my music, you know? Right. Um, so it, it is it is deeply important to get yourself on everything. Um, so about halfway through 2019, I made the decision that I need to adapt to the times if this is ever going to be something something successful and 
and I had never played a show until 2019. I had never, I couldn't even tell you shit about Boston, local Boston artists, because I just wasn't into the scene. I was just in my, I was living on Planet Hero for like the longest fucking time. I had no idea what, what anything in, in hip hop locally was. And in the last half of 2019, I, I was a part of 60 events. And that's, that's a lot. That's, uh, that's, that's about 10 performances a month, give or take. Um, and, and, and during that time, I was able to not only learn how to throw my own shows, but figure out how to perform and get better and better and better and, and not, and meet people and network. And, and that's the hip hop bread and butter. Um, and then after that, I started bars over bars, which is kind of my initiative to throw shows completely free for the artists, because that's how I feel like it should be. And now we're doing all these programs involved in that. And we're just trying to create like a hip hop platform here in Boston. Well, it's interesting because I don't have many guests that we have on here that um, that uh, like when we stop recording, uh, we normally just part our ways. But I definitely want to take five minutes to talk to you after because I got some cooking up on the back burner that I think would intrigue you. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, right now we're looking for we go live seven days a week, you know. And right now we're looking for sponsorships. And I mean, I think a clothing brand, if, if, if your clothing brand makes sense to us, I mean, I definitely want to help push it as much as we can. I don't know where you're based out of. Are you based in New Orleans or are you just a big fan? Oh, I'm a big fan, buddy. I'm, I'm from Long Island, but but I am. I'm the biggest fan in the world. No, actually, uh, it has. I would definitely be interested in talking about sponsorship, but um, has something to do with uh maybe a little bit bigger of a project than what me and you're used to. But, um, but we'll get into that after what, what for you, um, especially now that you brought that up, what for you, when COVID hit, how were you able to adapt there? The first, so we threw our first show as bars over bars, um, in January of 2020. And, there's definitely a lot of competition, especially the, the, the big people selling out arenas, right? And we just wanted to focus on small, intimate shows completely free for the artists. So, like, we'll hit up a sneaker store, and maybe we can fit, like, 20 people in there, but, like, that's a cool event where 20 people feels like a 1,000 because we're all close together. And, and when COVID hit, it was just kind of like everything, everything stopped. And, and I saw that as a moment to fucking undercut everybody um right now i feel like i am the only person throwing shows and they are not huge whatsoever but they are giving artists a chance to network and perform and come together and and help get us through this this weird time when when covid hit we just said we we have to adapt to this or we're going to be crushed by this and we just immediately started throwing more shows um and they're definitely low key and they're definitely 100% off the books. Right. <laughs> but um, but um, as as time as time has gone on, more and more things, especially now, are opening up and 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 more and more people, especially like stores and restaurants and and weird weird little niche spots, are 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 allowing us to to throw small events and it's it's awesome. We're kind of bouncing around a little bit here, but you touched upon it before. Can you? What's like the business model between uh, behind? Um your idea as a venue to throw without any cost for the artist um something in in boston and, and massachusetts um i have never played let, let, let me start over um if you want to perform in boston 
as a as a hip hop artist, there aren't many opportunities for you to perform for free. And there's not a lot of hip hop open mics. Um, there are in New Hampshire, and New Hampshire is a really cool um, open. And New Hampshire is a really cool hip hop, old schoolish state where a lot of lyricists, a lot of people like that, a lot of promoters in Boston, especially as well as Massachusetts, want you to pay to perform. And most of the time, you get tickets, you know, so you can make your money back. But let's say I'm an artist and I want to perform at the Middle East, and and a promoter approaches me and says, okay, it's three hundred dollars for the slot. It comes with $600 worth of tickets, uh, which is 40 tickets. You sell them all at 15. If you can sell 20 of them, you make your money back, you know? But what if it's my first show? What if I literally know nobody? Right. What if if the only people I get to come on are family? I can't charge them, or if I do, I can't charge them full price. So all of a sudden, uh, uh, even selling half of those tickets and possibly making your money back becomes becomes losing $300. And, um... I just feel like that money should be kept in the hands of the artist. Um, and a lot of promoters, they try to balance like who can bring the most people and who's willing to pay. But a lot of times it gets lost in like who can just pay me. And because at the end of the day, as long as the promoter gets paid, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter what happens to the artist because they paid, they performed and they left. Right. And. Um, and I just and, and I just feel like creating yeah, these, and I, mean, I just feel like creating these events that that are that are I just feel like creating these events that are completely free for the artists allows them to focus on organic promotion, bringing people out naturally, and most of the artists stay the whole time because they don't feel like they've been gypped, you know. Right. Um, you got me biting my tongue here because I, I want to talk about a lot of stuff that that is behind the scenes stuff. So let's let's just. Scoot to the next topic, because I'm telling you, now that we're having this conversation, you're going to fucking love this shit. Um, I can't wait. Yeah, it's it's an app idea. So okay. it's an app idea that I have with a bunch of people that we're trying to run and launch, and it's definitely going to be something we're trying to kick off this year. But um, there's a couple pretty good heads behind it, but I think you would love it. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> what... um. You mentioned that once COVID hit, you kind of did some things that are low key. Now that things are opening up, what are some things that um, you're excited for? Kind of now that things are starting to open up again, and you could maybe do a little more. Um, in Massachusetts, since COVID hit, about sixty percent of restaurants and venues have closed their doors permanently. Um, and that is a big ass shame. Um, a lot of these places that have that have had legacies since the early 1900s, the the late 1900s, a lot of places that have been around for 10 to 100 years are just dead because there's no government assistance with that. Um, we've been trying to donate a little bit, but it only really goes so far. Um, we're we're really excited to just throw shows at big venues again and and get some headliners and and do stuff outside like at parks and shit and. Right now they've just kind of right now the shows have just been kind of like the venues closed so we're live streaming um, or like we're just at a small store with, with limited capacity. Um, we're just excited to, to to do things on a bigger and bigger scale and and, I, and every month more and more things are looking brighter and brighter. Who's we? Um, so I have a dope ass team behind me because you can't really do shit by yourself. It's not it's not it's not efficient that way. Um, Right now, we have about seven members of the Bars Over Bars core team. 
I guess I am the director <clears throat> or the, the director or the leader or whatever, but I, I do feel like it's a big-ass ship and we're all rowing the oars together. Um, my friend Nick Lovin, who's based out of Boston, is a producer. He handles our show Beats Over Beats, which we do every Thursday, which is a live stream program. Um, and then we have another producer named Obese the Prophet, who has a Sunday live stream, who's a who's a big help to the brand. My friend Paranoa, who who who's a big who's a big hip hop head, who, who who definitely I consider to be my biggest partner in this. And um, it's a bunch of people. I mean, we have a photographer named Mackenzie. She's terrific. Um, just just more and more people are growing and, and we're growing every day and, and more and more What's, people are getting behind the brand. What do you think the hardest part and what do you think like the easiest part is about working together as a team? Because I could see with the with my clothing brand is that when you know when you have a smaller team, you know, three, four people, things normally gel real well. But then mm -hmm. once you start to do bigger projects, it does become a little bit more complicated. What uh, what what for you with you and your team? What's like some of the easier things that you have to take care of? But what are some of the bigger challenges? I think the best way to handle a group is to not only make everybody feel valuable, but um, but when it's time to come together, that everyone is on the same page. Um, we all do separate shows under Bars Over Bars together. Um, and then we also do them separately. I have a show that I do by myself on Fridays called Check the Recipe, which is kind of like a genius lyrical breakdown podcast. Um, so I'll have a guest come on and we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about their song we'll, and we'll, we'll break it down lyric for lyric. And that's kind of my project. And I handle that. And, and if I do need help with that, I, I, I will consult the group. But um, when we do shows like live performance shows, that's when we all come together and we work together. And and I think it I think it really gels that everybody not only is able to to work privately, but publicly. Mm -hmm. you, you got your own little like uh, music based bar stool over there. Yeah, you we got a couple little couple little uh couple little networking uh teams that are all working together kyle yeah. what do you got for this guy yeah well i just wanted to mention uh to kind of go jumping back into the whole um 60 capacity and, and restaurants shutting down massachusetts like not we don't like to get too too political here but like what i've heard according to sports talk radio in boston is that the governor is basically saying you could play live music but you can't sing as of right now. Like no, nobody can get up in front of a live mic and actually perform, but you can play like instruments and stuff, which is absolutely absurd in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. It's just crazy. Um, but anyways, I know you mentioned you're a big hip hop head. You, you guys probably have to educate me into the whole 90s scene. Cause I, I really wasn't, I'm not too deep into that, but um who who are some of your favorite artists from that time? Some of your favorite shows that you've been to, maybe. Um, kind of talk about what what kind of got you into into that, and, and is there and then kind of expand on that. Is is there some artists today that you're into or or, or whatnot? Yeah. Um. So I, I'd say Guru from Gangstar is my favorite hip hop artist ever, who was very prominent in the '90s. Um, unfortunately he died in 2010 from leukemia. So, so he, he, and he left behind to me the biggest legacy ever. Um, but I mean, Nas is a big one. Jay-Z is a big one. Uh, Royce to five nine, who's, who's my second favorite artist of all time was starting in started, started in the nineties, but he's, he's, he's gained more and more and more traction ever since then. Um, nineties hip hop is 
the pinnacle of hip hop where where lyrics truly mattered and and you couldn't hear a song on the radio that wasn't like that that wasn't lyrically awesome um to me lyrics and bars are 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 everything and and without that lyrical content without a song with substance i just feel like like why make it you know right if you don't have if if, if there's if there's not something intelligent to say then then why make it and i know and i know that that's that might sound a little weird but that's just kind of how i feel about it i feel like it was the perfect time where like where beats or instrumentals met lyrics like obviously the best lyrical period i think in my opinion like you're saying but also i think that it matched very well with like the sound and the tune and the tone of what was going on too yeah yeah i agree and kyle go listen to big l this is everything by big l man big l's fresh a lot of people a lot of people hit me with the um like the oh the eminem oh you're like a little eminem and i think that that comes from just being uncultured in hip-hop and just looking at a white guy and being like oh you sound like a white guy but honestly um i have i i rap a lot i i get from from the big hip-hop heads who know shit about hip-hop they tell me i sound a little bit like big l and i see it and i respect it I think that your sound is like a grungy '90s hip hop, like almost like a yeah. like it's like, and that that could also describe Eminem, which would make sense. But I also think that that it describes you well, describes other rappers well, describes Tech Nine well, describes other people that have a grungy hip hop sound, where it kind of birthed the the new age of that stuff. Um, Kyle, what else you got? Yeah, just kind of following up to that. Is it? Is there any like current um, hip hop artists today that kind that you've kind of um, think that have adapted the the '90s um, lyrics or lyrical? Where you know I, I don't know even know how to describe, it, but you, you know what I mean. Like, is there? Do you think that there's there's an artist today that kind of portrays that similar style, or do you think a lot of it's just newer and, and doesn't sound great or i I don't know because a lot of the a lot of the music i listen to nowadays i just i just think it just sounds so repetitive and and it's hot garbage yeah and and it's just you know a lot of it's auto-tuned which isn't bad certain certain things aren't bad i don't think but like um i don't know it's just it just seems a lot of recycled whereas maybe in the 90s it was more storytelling and and i don't know how, what are, what are, what are your thoughts? I think right now we live in a world where um, where we're very fortunate, but also it's detrimental that anybody can go to Walmart and buy a microphone and put their shit on SoundCloud. So there so there's a lot of music being made. I mean, every single day, sixty thousand tracks get, get get submitted to Spotify. It's it's crazy. It's crazy the amount of music that's out there. And trying to sift through it and find the good people is tough. Um, I think the best example of how to pay homage to hip hop while also doing your own thing is J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. Um, they not only bring lyricism back, but 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 they but it's the same formula. They just update it. And if even if you check their style, J. Cole is just kind of like a new Nas, and Kendrick Lamar is just kind of like a new Tupac, and it's not that black and white, but it's 
but it's similar enough where they're carrying that torch for authentic hip hop. Yeah, I almost and to go even further, like to newer, newer, like I would say, like YBN Corday is a lot like that, where yeah. like where he he hits that real well, and then not to be and but the only thing he misses though is that like there was a feeling, and like here you probably could like when you put on your headphones and you listen to like G Unit like popping them things or like uh or like. I'm just trying to think of other stuff from that era. But when you, it was like a feeling. And like, this is going to sound weird because the lyrics don't match up at all. But like, when I hear like Brooklyn drill music and that stuff, like the beats and the feeling you get from that, like I get that same 90s feeling. But obviously the lyrics aren't even close to, to something that you'd hear in the 90s. But like, it's hard to match that feel, like that very like run, grungy like pat like very punch almost yeah. like it's it's no. tough to describe like 50 cent is another drill one. music is very drill music is very 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 grungy in your face and i think that it is the best possible future for new york rap especially right um, but once pop smoke died who was arguably the best person to do it which and and to clarify i am not a fan of i am not a, a big enough fan of drill music to 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 really i i am not that big of a fan of it but when right. pop smoke died who arguably was the best part who was who was the first and most popular and best person to do it a lot of people just flooded to fill the spot especially locally i just feel like a lot of people are just putting themselves in a category like and i and i don't i don't want to i personally don't want to do that yeah, and, and no, but you're right, though. And especially out here in New York, it's like there's only a couple guys that really hit. And, like, and, and again, you got to you gotta either – you have to either do it the right way, which is interesting, and or you do it the wrong way and you get away with it. But um, for me, just the sound in general – or I should use this the, – the tone is very, like, 90s tone to where it just gives me this feeling of, like, energy and, like – it's not so happy-go-lucky, like, it's not so, like, so much melodies. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't, as an, as a fan, you don't want to hear somebody for the first time and be like, oh, this is just Pop Smoke. Right, like, right. You want to, you want to hear, you want to, the goal for me as a unique artist is for someone to put their headphones on and be like, holy shit, this is so dope that I can't even categorize it. And you can categorize everything, but you can't. You can't pinpoint it it's a it's a melting pot of a bunch of shit that makes something new right no i like that i like that mindset what uh what's your favorite song that you've done uh my favorite song that i've done is probably the weight which came out on my um on my project the eighth letter which came out in november um i don't know how familiar kyle is with with boston producers but but loman produced it who's done a lot of stuff with terminology and easy money um, that's kind of where he got his start, but he's a fantastic producer based out in Somerville. Um, and and the weight just not only pays homage to Guru, who is one of my biggest influences influence ever. Which honestly, I think every song I make I make pays homage to to Gangstar and Guru and the legacy they left behind. But the weight is just just some head bobbing hip hop grunge fest. It is just '90s boom bap, and and it's it's dope. 
Yeah, and like for me, I'm I can't wait to listen to your music because I listened to a couple of the snippets that you posted on your page. But I literally last night was digging through your stuff for maybe like fifteen minutes, solid yeah. fifteen minutes, because the visuals are just so I love like the like the very nineties vibe and like even like you're just like some some videos are are they seem very not staged but very uh produced and and seem like they were thought behind it and then other videos seem like it's way more casual you know what i mean and it's and it's more uh, uh translucent you know so uh so i like that kind of style and it, and i like the fact that you as an individual and artist aren't afraid to put stuff out because there's a lot of people that like hold stuff in the holster and then all of a sudden three years go by and they never do anything with it so like it's it's good to know that you're one of those guys that just let the clip go if you if you as an artist went into 2020 like 2020 before the pandemic if you if december 2019 uh december 31st 2019 if you were like okay i'm gunning 2020 i got it i'm gonna be the best hip-hop artist ever and then march hits and COVID happens and you're like oh shit like guess we're waiting until 2021 if that's the kind of mindset you have this shit is not for you Right. No matter what trial or tribulation faces you, you need a steady flow of content and you need to just keep hustling and keep hustling and keep hustling. Um, Actually, as as, what was that? No, to, to piggyback off that for a second, I've been seeing the opposite. So uh, not to exactly that point, but a lot of people when COVID hit, they hit me up like, oh, I want to start a clothing brand. I yes. want to make clothes. Yes. I want this and the third. But then all of a sudden now things are starting to open up again. And they're like, oh, well, I'm getting back to work, so I'm not going to – I'm like, oh, see? So, like, you just don't have – this is not for you, you know? Like, I, some- know, I know a lot of, like, shitty DJs who will just press play and go to the bathroom. And, right. like, and they haven't booked a DJ set or and they haven't, like, posted a, a, an Instagram video or, or a post or whatever since COVID stopped, started. And it's like, yeah. why, why are you doing this? And, right. and COVID has not only shown who doesn't want to do it. But it's shown who wants to do it more and more and more. If you've if you've steadily created content, if you've made more content during COVID, you're golden. And this shit is definitely for you. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree anymore because uh, I was, you know, it's tough to say, but now in hindsight, a little bit easier is that, you know, when 2020 ended, I had turned around to my friends and my family. I'm like, shit, guys, like I had one of the better years of my life. Like, I know there's a lot of shit going on for other people. So I feel bad for that. But for me personally, it, I've stayed safe, stayed healthy, did a whole bunch of cool stuff and like had great growth. It's one of my best years ever. I'm like, so so it really means and like it showed me personally like that what I'm doing is is the right thing, just like you're saying, and like gave me confidence to keep going because once it opens up, it'll just be craziness. Um, Kyle, do you have anything else? So I just wanted to kind of ask you, um, so uh, and kind of give you a little background to how we got started. Um, so Steve and I met because we were Mike Stud fans. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's got a nice little poster there. On Steve's wall, um, he's from so he's from Rhode Island, um, and uh, we that's how we we kind of just were fans and met o- online over Twitter and decided to just you know do a podcast about it one day and about music and whatever else and I mean it kind of over time uh, turned into to a, you know a mosh pit of everything but like um, 
but we've got we got our you know our inspiration from him and what he he was able to and what he's been able to achieve from just um, I don't know if you know too much about him, but he you know he he started his career playing baseball, uh, had Tommy John surgery, and then just decided to make music one day in his dorm room, and off of that put you know up put it just for shits and giggles put it up on YouTube and it got thousands of hits, um, and you know ever since then he's been trending upward and upward, and right now he's he's you know he's signed to Post Malone's label, like he's got a bunch of music with him, like Morgan Wallen. Um, just, he's going crazy right now. And, um, just to see that growth, I think is in an artist and also, you know, and Steve talks about it too, his favorite part about him is the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial side. Um, what he's been able to do that, uh, growing a business as well as making music is, is something like, you know, you don't really see a lot of artists where they, they kind of just put more of their time into the music or the the label, you know, and uh, where Mike's an independent artist, he can kind of do do his own thing, and he he's the head of the business. So I think something, you know, I just that's something that we've always kind of grown, at least myself, um, have always kind of grown to like in an artist is is the ability to kind of adapt and and do your own thing and and make it authentic. Yeah, yeah, that is. I don't. Uh... I don't know. That is a great. How do you feel about that? Yeah, making it authentic is extremely important, and and the independent wave that's happening right now is so beneficial to artists like us because it just allows us to to make shit without without being on someone's retainer. I mean, I can upload something to Spotify for ten dollars a year, you know, and it it's and compared to the early 2000s where if you wanted something on iTunes it was like a multiple thousand dollar affair right and and right now it is just super 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 easy to become a musician but it's still very very hard to to be good at it but you know get your foot in the door and and keep it authentic and own your masters own your own your own your masters i can't stress that enough to any artist do not do not be owned by anybody what uh what are some things coming up for you that you're excited for or that you're trying to pinpoint and focus on what are what are a couple of things that are on your to-do list as far as musically um i have a new single out on next thursday a week from today called fucking boston which i am very (laughs) excited which i am very excited for um it's produced by wax 100 beats um, which he lives in England. And the funny story about meeting him was I was just on YouTube looking for beats as, as rappers do. And then I just, I, I heard this guy and it, and, and the, the boom bap nineties feel that I got from this guy was just like, I need it. I need it now. I need every fucking beat you got. I need it now. So we got a pro we got a song coming out Monday. I mean, we got a song coming out Thursday, the first, which is Fenway opening day. And then, um, and then, hopefully, later in the month, we have a 10-track project coming out called Polyvinyl Chloride, which is all produced by Wax 100 Beats, Mix and Mastered by me. And um, the, the, the idea behind polyvinyl, the idea behind calling it Polyvinyl Chloride is that that is the main ingredient in Wax Records. So I, okay. thought, that that was, I thought that that was kind of cool. Um, what... So- uh- it sounds like you put some thought into a lot of like like this stuff. Like like you get like inspiration, you pull it from something, and then when you have an idea, you kind of tap into it. 
Like where'd that where'd that come from? Where did where did that just that one specific event? Where did you finding that name and 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 using it come from? Um, so in 2019, I started a, a smaller project with this producer named 16 Bit Spit, um, which is a Boston-based producer. We put a project, we put an eight-track project out in the beginning of January called Maximum Carnage. Um, so in my mind, I'm crafting this project and I'm saying, what the fuck do I name this thing? So I'm Hero the MC, and he's 16-bit spit. What is the name of a, of, of, a, of a video game on a Super Nintendo, which is a 16-bit console? What, super, what superhero games are on the Super Nintendo? And the only game that isn't like Batman or Superman is Maximum Carnage, which is a Spider-Man game. And I was like, duh, that's what we're calling this shit. And, and when I wanted a name for Polyvinyl Chloride, which is the project I have coming out hopefully next month, um, it was just researching wax records and how they're made and, and watching like grandpa programs about like how they're how they're invented and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, that's it's, what I'm talking about. You don't you don't stumble upon that information no. on on Netflix. You know what I'm saying? Like you're or on social media. It's um it's just a pure collaboration and the name and the name definitely stems from that. That's awesome. Um, uh, so that so that's it musically right now. I mean, I'm hoping I'm I'm working on some smaller stuff, but nothing is even close to as far along as that is. Um, me and me and the producer Nick Lovin are hoping to have a project out um, this summer. We have everything recorded. It's just a matter of getting together and banging it out. Um, that one's going to be called Good Shopper, which is the store that um that fucking Mick Lovin goes into in Superbad to try to to try to. <laughs> get the alcohol because he's nick lovin and i'm hero and i was like good shopper right i like it yeah no i like i like that you i like that you pull inspiration from a lot of that kind of stuff that's a lot like myself with the clothing i like to uh like tap into like old cartoons or like um old shows or just like weird shit and then just elaborate on it big time and turn it into concepts yeah um as far as bars over bars goes I mean, we we are experiencing tremendous growth every single day. Uh, we have, like I said, we have seven we have seven weekly shows programs we do on top of the four plus in person events that we have every month at different venues. Um, we're just creating more and more and more and more content and and helping and helping bring people in Boston and Massachusetts and New England as a whole together and allow people to perform and shit. Um, where right now I'm kind of focused on getting some merch together for bars over bars because it's not something that we, it's not something I we have at the moment, but um but we have hats. Um, let me. This is a hero of the MC hat. New England noise and Danvers makes those and broids them right on the spot. Um, so we have a great supply of hats. Um, but we're working on getting merch soon. Um, so that's gonna be big. Um, initially. Eventually, the goal is 24/7 bars over bars, with submission-based radio running between the live streams. Um, so, like I said, we're live streaming once a we're live streaming once a day. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to just create hip hop television and just always have because people come home from work and they just watch bars over bars, and that's Where, and that's cool. Is that on is that on YouTube? Where do you we're stream? On, we're on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Wow. Unfortunately, you can't get good quality live streams on Instagram because it's because all you can do is all you can do it is is with your phone camera and shit. So it's not it's not great. I'm sure hopefully they'll add support for shit like that. But we use a program called Restream, 
that um that allows us to stream on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube all at once. Um, so so people just people tune in and and it's all submission based shit. So people submit tracks and they listen and we listen and we give critiques and 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 we're just hoping that eventually um it becomes to a point where we can do 24 7 bars over bars submission based radio in between in between our live stream shows and programs that'd be so sick because that's just like something that like you know you're you're taking an old old method of you know 24 hour entertainment you know that's something that like people have done forever you know 24 hour telethons you know i mean like things that run for for constantly but then you're taking you're putting like a 90 spin on it and you're doing it now you know what i mean so it's like it's really cool that like the concept of like because because that just sounds like you're almost making like a modern day digital radio you know what i mean like like that and that's just all that's really cool to me you know and people that love it the what, what were you saying no people that love the the hip-hop and, and authentic like hip-hop are gonna love that shit yeah, no, and we're and we're growing more and more. The idea behind the live stream programs is that I wanted to start a podcast called Check the Recipe for about a year, which is which is the lyrical breakdown program on Friday I was talking about. The issue with that is I couldn't see myself having the time to film a podcast and then edit the podcast and then upload the podcast and then promote the podcast and donate that much time to it. So when it's a live stream that just happens every week, um, and people tune in after it's done, it's over. It uploads itself. It's, right. it's, it's extremely efficient. Um, and I don't, all I have to, and I only have to donate that hour to the program. And after that it, it's done. And then it's on to the next week. Yeah. And the promotion kind of does itself because it's you, you're, you're living your life. You're going to tell people about it anyway. And unless you have diehard fans, they're not going to watch the whole hour. But when it's happening in the moment, when they're scrolling through their their Facebook feed and they see a live video and it's live, even if it's like halfway through, they click on it, they watch for a couple of minutes, they leave they leave some comments, and then they they hopefully share it, and then it's on to the next person. Right. I I, I love it. I love the whole concept. It's so cool to me. I can't wait to tune in because because again, like I I went through your page a little bit. Kyle gave me a little background, but. Now I'm, I'm hyped to dig into this stuff. Kyle, you got anything else for him? Yeah, one just a little quick tidbit. I think, uh, um, Hero, I think you're doing a tremendous job, by the way, and I think that's – I I can't wait to tune in and check it all out. Everybody definitely go stream that shit, check them out. Um, but kind of going back to the whole Mike Stud story, I, I know you're, you seem like you're kind of in loop with the Boston producers. I forgot to mention the – I don't know if you ever heard Louis Bell – Mm-hmm. Sounds it sounds uh, I'm not great with names. I'm terrible. Yeah. So he, he's like uh he's originally from Boston too, and he he and Mike uh kind of hooked up uh through that and now Louis Bell is uh one of the best producers in the world for doing stuff with Post Malone, Justin Bieber, and all of them. So I, it it shows you that there there can be talent to come out of Boston. Oh sure. yeah, no, and, and and the issue with the talent that comes out of Boston is that it leaves Boston, and then it doesn't represent Boston, and and for as awesome as an artist guru was, who was born right in Roxbury, he left, and then he 
didn't represent it as much as he represented New York when he moved there. Right. And, and it just and and it's it's still as prevalent as it is back in the 90s that there isn't a hip hop platform here. There isn't there aren't any major labels. There aren't any big outlets. There's no like Boston Hot 97. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not there isn't there isn't anything as big as as there is in New York or Los Angeles as there is in Boston. And I think and I don't know how far it's going to go, but I want to create that. Right. No, I want exactly, I want there um, I want there to be a platform here for artists to grow and succeed so we can keep our talent representing where they're from. Listen, if that if that is what your end goal, if I handed you that tomorrow and you'd be very happy, let me tell you this much. Just from this conversation and getting to know you a little bit, it sounds like you are on the right path for that because it seems like you got all the facets of doing that because it's almost like you're just doing it at a lower level. So as soon as you just keep doing your thing and getting more eyes on it, you know, I think that's exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about yourself there. Yeah. Um, we are, we are fortunate enough that we just got a sponsorship from what's happened in Boston, which is a, um, which is a local sort of advertisement marketing company. And they're going to help us get our live performance flyers in newspapers, you know? So, so it's just like, it's that gorilla nineties marketing style that, we're we're big fans of that and they're gonna help us they're gonna help us do it so hopefully that hopefully this very soon is is gonna grow and grow and grow even more than it has listen hero i'm i got a new fan here um i i love it kyle what anything else to conclude no man yeah just uh i I love it uh feel free to hit me up if i'm right down the street here so um if you guys need anything if anything you know I'd, i'd be happy to help in any way i can i can't I can't bring a lot of uh, expertise to, to to it, but I can, I can try my best. I'm a I'm a big music fan, um, so anything I can do to help, I'd I'd love to to, to help out in any way I can. So uh, yeah. just hit me up. He's got two arms that work well. Um, That's about <laughs> it. Uh, so what? Uh, so hero, thanks for taking some time. This is where we normally just give you the uh, the stage to a plug your stuff, but b. Um, just get a message to your following, our following, and the new people listening that uh, that you might want to get across. But this is your little uh, stage for yourself. Yeah, so you can find, um, first of all, shout out to the Bottom Line podcast. Uh, terrific people. I just had the pleasure of meeting them. Um, <laughs> but um, um, you can find me at Hero the MC. That is H-E-R-O-T-H-E-E-M-C-E-E. That's, that's that simple on all platforms. My name is my social um, it's very great that way because um, I'm not like, oh, like it's here in the MC, but like four of the E's are threes and one of them's like an upside down Q. It's just like <laughs> it's here in the MC and that's what it is. And that's what it is on all platforms. Um, I released an album in November called The Eighth Letter. Please do check that out before it becomes old news when I release the, the next one. Um, um, my company, company, I guess. I don't know. My my organization called Bars Over Bars. You can find that at Bars Over Bars Media. We go live every night. Tonight we have a show. I, this isn't going to be relevant, but tonight we have a show called Beats Over Beats, which is hosted by Nick Levin and Obese the Prophet. Tonight we have a guest called No Gimmick. He's a fantastic producer based out of Malden. They just kind of talk beats for two hours, and it's it's dope. Um, besides that, um, I think that's it. Awesome. Kyle, this comes out Friday, right? You're going to drop this tomorrow, technically. So yeah. what do you got going on Friday? 
Uh, tomorrow night, I host Check the Recipe, which goes live at 8 Eastern Standard Time. I have to say that because it's, it's crazy to me that we have fans in, in different parts of the country. Um, but that goes live at 8 Eastern Standard Time, and we're going to break down lyrics from our special guest, Just for Kicks, who is a Londonderry, New Hampshire-based rapper. Awesome, man. Listen, Hero, thanks for taking the time. Uh, you seem like a great guy. I had uh, I had said um, that we'll chat a little bit after this, but I think I'll just shoot you a DM, and then we can uh, maybe exchange numbers and talk a little bit more officially because I, I got some cool ideas that I think I want to tie you into if you're into it. And... Um, and I would love to uh, to tell you a little bit about my clothing making ability. So then, if you wanted to make any merch in the future, you know who to hit up. You don't want zero problems, big fella. Come on. Life of a dawn, lights keep blowing. Coming in the club with that fresh shit on. Life, life of a dawn, life of a dawn. Life, life is what you all been waiting for, ain't it? Ain't it? Ready to die? Give it a god. You know I dress fresher than kind and Louis Vuitton. You better just tell them it's on and stick to your rods. You know I got. Broads and all of them thoughts, you such a facade And I've been rapping nowadays for the hell of it Brady paved the way and gave grace to the advocates Passionate like a strategist, cataloging his battleships Catapulting to open the cabinet, grab an ambulance Lavishing with the highest and dining in with the finest If you ain't really bought it, then don't pretend you a giant And don't accept any giants Eli Manning and minus if the cup's up for grabs And Canada is behind us Mention me as your highness, attention between us Hiding your henchmen to be a met with a section of special violence Destined to be a legend, aggression just like reciting will get me closer to hope, but that's why I'm climbing. Lying that you don't know it, pay us back what you owe us. Compose it in different levels of treble will keep us floating. Settle it with the metal, the devil's out of his kennel. Several different spectacles putting me on a pedestal. All I've ever needed is a pad and a pencil. Maybe a couple bad bitches and an instrumental microphone for my thoughts. A holding give me dental, assemble the rebels I brought up and keep it confidential. Alphabetical slaughter, I'm fresh in the water. You know it's Leviosa, I got it from Harry to Potter. And I'm just a lyric marauder who's hotter and shorter. When you backstabbers, we back at it. Aftermath and click clack. you maggots will get the static and panic, you silly rabbits. I've had it, and Jeremiah did fuck my girl. But I guess that it's over now, cause I never see her around. She's hopping all over Hero, taking dick by the pound. Pussy's probably infected, it's pussing and turning brown. And I'm 40 bars, and you can't tell that I'm frustrated, deprived, and motivated to aim it at all you haters. Life better much, never changing for the paper. Boston is the strongest, we get it, so see you later. Here's another hit, baby bomb. Here's another hit, hit, here's another hit, hit, here's another hit, very bomb. Very here's another hit, hit, here's another hit, hit, here's another hit, very here's another hit, very hit, 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 very hit, 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 very hit, 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 very hit, 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 very here's another hit, very here's another hit, very bomb. What y'all all been waiting for, ain't it? 